0: Yes, we're back on the Burst Bot Scottish Football Podcast, such a busy show ahead, there was so much to get through, we're going to chat Scotland, we're going to chat big weekend preview, big season preview, we'll mention that at the end for the lower three leagues of the SPFL that get underway
1: this weekend, so I'm not going to waste too much time introducing you, Craig Gamble, hello. How are we doing Hamish, delighted to be, um, to be back on after a, a lengthy spell on the touchlines.
0: Yeah, what have you been up to? I, I see I'm not going to waste time doing an intro and then I'm asking daft questions like
1: that. Ah, Kless, um I just had uh, a wee not a health. I'm not going to say health scare. So I mean, I, I wasn't keeping too well the last couple of uh, podcasts, but um, I'm coming down with another fever this week. <laughs>
0: I know it's coming.
1: Oh, so but I back back on uh, back to full fitness and and the early symptoms of battle fever are settling. in.
0: Good stuff, good to have you on with us. Matt Finlay, you're there as well, how are you getting on?
1: Yes, not too bad. Hey, Michelle,
2: good to be back on uh, Battle Fever as well this week. There's a big new firm derby of course, so i um, <laughs> sure we'll mention it.
0: <laughs> we will indeed, we'll come on to all of the... The Premiership stuff and we'll maybe even give a wee mention for the lower leagues. And I should mention as well that we'll have a special lower league guest joining us later on in the show. I say later on, it was actually earlier on that that me and Matt recorded it with Dumbarton's Robert Jones. But we'll hear from him later on as you're listening to this. Right guys, Scotland, positive. I tweeted after the game that I'm officially positive about the national team. And it's crazy because a week ago I sat here and did a podcast. I think you were even on, Matt, and I sounded quite... Negative, with just beating Israel on penalties, but I didn't see where the you know the positive direction the team was going in. However, a week on, and I think we're going somewhere. I think we've got a team building here, and I don't want to get ahead of myself and mention Euros or anything, but there's uh, there's something building under Steve Clark, I think, anyway.
2: Yeah, Hamish, amazing what a week does uh, in football, doesn't it? I mean, uh, as I said, it was, wasn't just the the kind of downplaying of what, what we were up against. It was the six players out, a couple of injuries, mm-hmm. obviously then the COVID was all going against us. And fair play, you know, we've done it the ugly way on the Thursday. I remember I was, you know, I was sitting there like thinking, Jesus, like this isn't a, you know, is this really kind of what we're um, kind of going you know, to be watching next year at the Euros, you know, it's such a slog. But, you know, they got there, they got a the bit of luck. And then the, the two games afterwards, I was saying that I, I, I felt, and still do feel that the Euro Nations is the Nations League sort of a, a real good opportunity for a team like Scotland. And you just need to see this week, you know, two wins, two very good performances right across the board. And, uh, and you know, all of a sudden we're good form, we're you know, we're top of the group comfortably. And then also like you look beyond this these tournaments, you know, the next couple of years and you're you know, you've got a real chance at the Euros and the World Cup.
1: I, yeah we're both eager to uh to talk about scotland in a positive note there so makes makes a good makes a change doesn't it no it, it, see to be honest with you like I, I did have to have a kind of word with myself after the game last night um i know obviously a lot a lot's been made about the kind of what was it three shots and target over the three games but and, and you can spin it that way if you if you want but see at the end of the day it's it's three games, it's, it's three wins. When was the last time we, we could say it's been a, a positive international break for Scotland? Um, I still would like to see more, I suppose, in a kind of attacking sense, but see, at the end of the day, like the performances didn't really matter at all, um, especially in, in those three games that we've just had. Um, it was all about, obviously, the Israel game getting the win. It, we had to do it in penalties, but who cares? Um, and then, obviously, to get two more wins off the back of that as well is is great. So, I unbeaten as well, which is in was it eight games now unbeaten, um, which is just all about kind of build, building up a good feeling in the squad. And I, and I think when you when you listen to the players, especially talking after the games, um, I think one thing that was very noticeable in going back, obviously, when we've had the more negative results you could see in the players as well that there was just, it was definitely feeding into the, right through the squad, the kind of negative feeling. Um, but now I think there's definitely a, a positive feeling. Um, and yeah, listen, I think, Hamish, you got it spot on um, in the tweet we put out on the bus ball about, when you think about the players that we've got taken back in to the setup, Um these games especially were all about just getting the wins however way you need to do it. We rode our luck. Big time against the Czechs, obviously, last night, but you're going to need to do it sometimes, and, and it's good to get the rubber of the green, because often with Scotland, we, you absolutely don't. Um, mm. So, looking ahead to next month against Serbia, what have we got to fear? Absolutely nothing. Um, and, and I can see is, obviously, Steve Clark setting us up in a way that, again, will be very hard to break down. Three clean sheets in the last three games as well is, is, is brilliant. So... Um, aye, the, the signs are good for the first time in a long time with Scotland And um, as I say, we shouldn't have anything to fear Going to Serbia next month And, and hopefully ending a, a long, long wait for uh, getting to our finals It'd Just be
0: amazing, wouldn't it? I'm, I'm kind of nervous thinking about that game already Which is something like I can't remember the last time I was properly nervous for a Scotland game See, even before Thursday night against Israel I was kind of a bit meh about it. Like, I mm. kind of felt that if they turn up and they win this game, I'll be delighted. But even it got to extra time, I didn't really have the nerves going at all, which kind of just summed up the apathy I've had towards the national team basically since, since Gordon Strachan left, I think. We've just gone through, you know, poor result after poor result, uninspiring performance after uninspiring performance. And I think you could argue those three performances, probably, you know, in the six halves of those games, we maybe only played... Two, maybe even three decent halves, um, but the biggest thing was that we won the games. We're not giving away silly goals anymore. And if you ever need, you know, evidence of winning, changing everything, then it's right there. Because I don't know quite at what moment everything kind of clicked and the country went from feeling shit about it to feeling great about it. But it happened at some stage there. What would you think, Matt?
2: Because Andy Contant came into the team, that's why. <laughs>
0: well, you you joke, but
2: no, nah, nah, mate, it was you guys that were joking. I was trying to top <laughs> them up last week, but um, no, I, I think I think they kind of, you know, the defensive. Um, it wasn't even like a def- It wasn't like a defensive kind of performance. We talked about it last week about it was just like a Steve Clark kind of performance, well organized, you know, like if you go back to even like. You know, when I started following the national team, it was like it would have been Craig Brown in charge. If you look at that kind of those teams there, like they were always hard to beat, never really playing good great attacking football. But you know, the fact that we have these players actually available to come back in, you know, you've got Alexa Ryan Fraser, he'll just run about everywhere. John yeah. McGinn's the same, Call McGregor. You, you you add Forrest to the equation in there, you know, you you've got the other boys coming back and we do have a really good team, but now you've got a kind of conference about it, which I think that, because every time that we seem to start a new campaign, there's always going to be a bit of optimism. But like under McLeish, it never got going because there was those poor friendlies, uh, you know, Costa Rica, then down in South America. And he was just giving everybody a game. But, you know, nobody really had a chance of kind of breaking up the team. And um, yeah. I, I think, I think now as, you know, as Craig touched on just there, it was. I think it was Ryan Fraser was saying after the game about how you saw him. He was like a kid at Christmas. He was bu- nice. he was buzzing about the place, you know, and that was hmm. really good to see. You know, given hmm. you know he's a player who's obviously been down in England, you know, all, most of his senior career now, and he's you know not been forgotten about. But I've always rated him as a player, and I think for the likes of him, you know, you, you've you've now just got like a whole. The standard's almost been raised again, I think, even this week. You see it as going, right, you're no longer churning out like maybe a League One lower-end championship player. You know, you're actually looking at, right, well, the genuine quality we have in the Premier League is being matched by the genuine quality that we've got in the Scottish, in the Scottish Premiership. Um mm. And I th- whether that's, you know, Considant coming in, I thought Stephen O'Donnell had a good game, and then uh, alongside a... Robertson or McTominay, all these players who play at, in the Premiership, you know, I think it's Declan Gall- Gallagher as well, of course, and um, it, it showed, you, I think, as well, so that we our league up here is pretty good. I mean, as well, I think I think that's something yeah. to be said about this week.
0: Yeah, uh, that that thought did actually cross my mind the fact that we we beat Czech Republic, who are a, a pretty decent side, um, with you know Gallagher O'Donnell. Um, Considine Hanlon came on um, players that you maybe would be a little bit disparaging towards in a normal world Um, I think it's it's interesting, you know, if those two obviously we played the qualifier or the playoff game and then we had the other two games if those had been friendlies, we maybe wouldn't have had the same kind of boost going around the country and that feel good factor because it wouldn't have been you know getting points on the board so I think that is one positive for the Nations League also the fact it was three games in a row rather than two I think Steve Clark spoke about that the fact that that's given everyone you know a little bit more time together more time on the pitch together which I suppose is the most important thing Um, I'll ask you probably quite a daft question Craig because I'm kind of good at them from time to time (laughs) but when you're looking at you mentioned some of the players that have got to come back, um, you know, going for the back, McKenna, Cooper, um, Tierney, Robertson, um, Christie, uh, there's probably loads of other ones in there as well who, who didn't play Armstrong. Do you think those players automatically walk into a team that's just won two, three games in a row if you count Israel or... Conversely, you know, do you go? Do you keep going with the likes of Considine Gallagher when they've done nothing wrong?
1: Uh I mean, I was. I'm probably going to say uh, the likes of Andy Roberts and, and Kian Tierney. Um, mm. I mean, between now and the Serbia game, if those guys are playing week in, week out and performing at the kind of levels we know we, that they obviously can, then. As harsh as it might be to guys, especially like Constantine, who I thought done very, very well uh, at the job that was asked of them. yeah, they're probably going to walk back into the team, aren't they? But um, that's the thing about having a squad that's—you've got players that are, are, are obviously wanting to play for the country, wanting to do well, and pushing the kind of bigger names that we've got dotted about the team. Um, that I. If they're playing well and they want their place in the team then they probably will kind of don't want to say walk back into the team because they need to earn it in their own right as well but uh, nothing wrong with having um a squad of players that are all uh, as you say playing well um and yeah and it's just kind of keeping the good feeling going i think i think the big thing about when you talk about the kind of shift in the attitude almost <laughs> Because I was the same, like when you got to that full time in, in the Israel game, even as, as recently as then, you're like, I didn't think we were going to win the penalties, to be honest. I thought I was Could, just. Can,
0: can I make a quick admission? It's a sadistic part of me hoped that we lost.
1: Just to see the. the, <laughs> the just, just
0: a hard. I, I, I got to that stage and I just thought, fuck this, we're so bad, we're getting pumped off Serbia anyway, let's just lose. <laughs> a small part. <laughs>
1: Uh, I know what you mean, but it's, I I was kind of, you're almost like despondent at the end of that. I mean, are you going to go back and watch any of those three games of football? Probably not. Um, Mm. But that's, again, a week's a long time in football, especially when you get three games. um, And all of a sudden, but the thing was, what I was going to say there was, you can now start to see what Steve Clark's obviously trying Mm. to do with the team um i think it was johnny johnny Clark made a great point about how when we were the ones left at home the last couple of major tournaments and you're looking you're seeing ireland northern ireland wales like how is that not us when you look at the squad compared to our squad and it's because they just win their 1-0s at home and they'll scrape results away from home and they'll just do what it takes to, to win the games they're not going to be playing free full and attacking football like let's, not kid ourselves when when Scotland ever done that so yeah as I say I think I think the the kind of shift in the attitude obviously we win that penalty shootout, and you go and grind out two more results and you can finally start to see what Steve Clark's trying to do and the players are obviously buying into it as well and we're probably going to need to give a shout out to the big man aren't we big Lyndon Dykes oh yeah (laughs) I mean I just I think he just um Obviously, enjoying playing for Scotland as well, and he, yeah, he's just he, for Steve Clark. I think in the, in the system he wants to play, it's a, it's a dream for him, isn't it? So,
0: um, uh, not bad for a guy who was singing the neighbours' anthem during the, the national anthems, apparently, in the, the worst bit of part I've ever heard. But, <laughs> um, I, I think you're right. I think, um, I think Lyndon Dykes, I, I've always rated him. I'm, I'm going to sit here and say I predicted it. See, straight for Queen, Queen of the South days, he was. He stood out like a sore thumb for me because he's got pace, he can hold the ball in and he, he didn't lose a header last night when he played, Like he's got mm-hmm. such a good leap on him and I honestly think, here's me saying earlier, I'm not going to make massive predictions but I think he's going to spearhead Scotland, <laughs> can't believe I've said this, spearhead Scotland at the Euros <laughs> next summer.
1: Listen Ryan, I'm I'm on board with you, I'll, um, yeah. I'll agree with you there.
0: Right, Matt. What are we thinking about Serbia? Then I think you kind of gave us an opinion last week. Has it changed at all? Are we going to do the business? Are we going to be sitting here in a month's time looking ahead to the delayed Euro twenty twenty, and we're going to be there?
2: Hopefully, I said it like I said it last week. I think the most point I made is we wouldn't go across and like disgrace ourselves. What I mean by that—that's not me by any means, like admitting that we get beat. But you know, you, you've seen it. You know, Scotland kids. You know, churn out something. You know, you saw last night get there, like goal in, and then kind of, you know, just defensively, kind of stand up. Got obviously rode our luck in that. You don't, know, you would be needing that. But then Serbia, you know, while there are no mugs in the sense of they've obviously been there and done it over the last kind of. If you think really, well, since we've been following in the last like fifteen years, since they kind of broke away from the Montenegro, if you like, they've been a good team, um, and I think that. It'll be it'll be difficult when it comes around. I just uh, I I don't even care. Like if, if nobody's there, then yeah, it would be crap. But if we just made made a tournament, like it would still be it would still feel such a buzz. I, um, obviously you you would be hoping. The problem is, is obviously half the tournament's been played in Britain, and, You know, you're like, well, that's not going to you know nobody would get to it. But we need to work worry about that when we get there. But I am um, I'm feeling I'm feeling optimistic. Um. Again, it'll be turgid to watch at times, but I think it'll be it'll be all right potentially.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. international breaks. Are usually horrible affairs, but I'm kind of rearing to go with the next one. The next few months like are going to be amazing, aren't they? See when you think of all the big club games we've got coming up, yeah. European matches, and then we've got that Scotland thing to look forward to. It's just um, non-stop football, Craig.
1: Oh, it's aye, um, especially because I was having a look at the kind of domestic wise like the, the league fixtures there's a lot of tasty ones coming up and then especially with the international kind of added into it the european games for clubs as well um but with internationals especially before this break i'm not gonna lie like i, I just it was kind of oh, it's mm. getting in the way a wee bit um but it's obviously steve clark in scotland i've, I've turned, turned that around um and as i say I fancy Scotland to, to go and get a result in next month, I really do. I just think it's Steve Clark will be he'll be buzzing for this type of game. Uh I think just to to get it set up and, and I as I say, I don't think we've getting to fear um in playing against Serbia It's a one off game. Um so I'm not gonna make a score prediction yet, but
0: no, we'll get that nearer the time. I,
1: <laughs> but I think I, I I fancy Scotland to win.
0: Right. Very good. We'll approach that near the time. We'll kinda put Scotland on hold for the next month or so. Then we will return. Rejuvenated back, ready for more. Um for now we'll move back to the domestic scene. The Scottish Premiership returns this weekend. Obviously the, the big headline fixture is Celtic versus Rangers. Two hundred and ninety-three days since they last met by the time they meet on Saturday, which seems, you know, pretty much pretty much not far off a whole calendar year. Um We'll go in depth in this game. It's obviously goes without saying as you know it's the biggest fixture we've got in in Scottish football, and while we always like to cover all the clubs as equally as possible, certainly in the top flight, um, it is a game that's going to attract a lot of attention. Uh, I'm obviously Celtic, Craig's Rangers, so we've got Matt as the adjudic- adjudicator. What are you thinking for the game, Craig? What's your your overall feelings going into it? Just kind of sum it up for us.
1: Um. See, be honest with you, in a kind of weird way, let's not lie, it's shite, there's no fans there, that that part of it is shite, but we've probably talked that point to death. um, Mm. We are where we are, there's no fans, but in a weird way, because of that, I'm actually really looking forward to it um, just to see what it's going to be like, because I think when you take the crowd out of it, from a player perspective, I I don't think you're going to see the kind, He might well still see it, but the kind of first 10-15 minutes of an old fam game I always find especially at mm-hmm. Parkhead it's like mental yeah. pace like hear him scare him like Hunter it's a good a... point
0: actually Park, mm-hmm. Parkhead for some reason it is maybe a bit I know what you mean I, yeah.
1: I, I don't know what it it's just always yeah. that. it's like just obviously the atmosphere adds yeah. to it definitely and I, and I think it's just interesting to see you'll not get players doing any of the kind of rash like you know like obviously because the crowd does influence surely in an old fam game anyway like what the players are doing so you maybe see like the team both teams getting their foot on the ball and and obviously try to impose their actual style of play on the game a lot more than usually in the first 10-15 minutes of an old firm game it's maybe like get the tackles in earlier, or whatever in that sense and obviously like kind of if you're the away team try and kind of silence the crowd if you're the home team obviously use the home crowd to your advantage so I mean I mean I'm saying that all as if I'm gonna be enjoying sitting watching the spectacle of it. I'll be freaking, I'll be shaking like a shitting dog at for <laughs> ninety minutes going to, going to the going to the toilet every ten minutes. So obviously I bet it's, it's just good to to have the fixture back. Um how I'm feeling about the game, I'm not gonna I'm not how do I say it? I'm confident that if, if Rangers play as well as I I think we can. I'm confident we can get a good result. Um, I don't know if we're going to come on to it. Like this, the elephant in the room is obviously um, the kind of cards that have been dealt uh, in, in the kind of weeks leading up to the fixture here have obviously gone in our favour with um, some of the players that Celtic aren't going to have. Uh, I, I don't know, what's this, is Edward going to play? What, what do you think?
0: We're basically waiting until Neil Lennon uh, right. forms. I think he'll do press on Friday. Um, I think Edward will play. Um, the chat is I think his isolation's up in France probably tomorrow, so he should be hopefully on a flight ASAP yeah, um, him back, back fat to. Hi. Anyway, t- well, put it this way: is one of my kind of colleagues said he's not been ordering just eat for the last week. <laughs> like he's he's uh, he's staying fit and he'll be up for it. So um, I think he'll play. I'm just. I know what you mean, I, I'm looking forward to it but it's a weird, weird feeling um, a lot of people kind of saying that you know the fact to get at home and they've not got the fans a massive advantage to Rangers, don't know if I massively go along with that, obviously the, the fact last year if you look at the two league games they were both won by the away team and a big part of that for me anyway having watched both games was the fact that the home support got really on edge and got on the back of the home team so as much as you know, the home support can boost the home team. We saw last season, they can massively influence them in a negative way. So, put it this way, if Celtic start really shakily um, and Rangers have a few really good chances early on on Saturday, you're not going to be able to tell for the atmosphere because there's going to be no atmosphere. So, it can work both ways. Um, I think Celtic will win. I'm always <laughs> going to say that. Yeah. But uh, I, I think we've had a lot of questions asked of us Um and I think a lot of our players, having lost that game three hundred odd days ago to to Rangers, will will have a point to prove. So I think that's will be the key for us winning the game. But yeah, I think it'll be tight. Whatever
1: happens, I think that. Sorry, Matt. To to but in a game. No, bit, no, Matt, Matt's I think, irrelevant in this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about the TV teams. <laughs> but uh, I think you're you're right, and, and that's the kind of uh, the kind of niggling thing I've had in my in my head as well when, when you're talking about. When I know I said obviously they kind of we've been dealt some the kind of good cards in the, in the build up to it, but again you could spin that the other way, in that Lennon will probably uh, one thing he is obviously good at is getting players up for this fixture, um, and all the talk beforehand seems to be that a oh, Celtic depleted squad and without some key players, um, even more so for the players that are going to play to to prove a point. Um, but having said that, obviously Celtic, you probably uh, agree with me here, Amish, that they've yet to kind of hit top mm. gear or anywhere near it so far this season. But then the worry for me is that they're still winning games, so yeah. um, you're kind of waiting on them getting to the, to really getting into, into gear, as I say. But then, as I say, and then Rangers as well, it's uh, it's just a, it's a quite a fascinating game, and, and taking the crowd out of it, I think you're going to see even more of uh, two game plans against each other um, as opposed to the other things that can obviously influence it in an Old film game. So um, here's a wee random bit of trivia for you, right? I was This is gives you a gauge of what I've been doing when I've been meant to be working this week, right? Rangers are uh, 13-8 to win the game in some bookies, right? right? When do you think we were the last time, the shortest price we've been to win at Parkhead since when do you think?
0: No time, unless I'm forgetting anything in the 21st century. Surely,
1: just inside it, the six-two the mm. game. Really, right. really. Right. Wow, the six-two game.
0: Is that is that just because there's there's no fans? Do you think?
1: I think it's I think it's got to be surely. I think that coupled with maybe obviously some of the players that aren't going to play for. I mean, I. I, I See, Hamid, obviously, in the first whole game last season, I thought he was one of Celtic's best players that day um, when Celtic won 2-0 in terms of the, like, Celtic just done a job on us that day and, and he was kind of pivotal in that. Um, but Christie, obviously not playing will be a miss, I think. Um, so, yeah, that's got to come into it, but just to, to even that out with a better omen, the last time we were the same price I went at Parkhead was the day we won the league 3-0 in 1999, so <laughs> I can't. I can't be leaving it on a either six-two game. was the last time we were on this pride. so. Um. So, aye, so I So I. As I say, I'm just looking forward to it. Um. I'll let Matt speak in a minute here, but. <laughs> um. It's it's going to be it's going to be. I think there'll be goals. I'll say that. I think there'll be plenty of goals.
0: I disagree. I think there'll be one goal.
1: A one-nil win for. Yeah. Well, well worked <laughs> out. <laughs>
0: right, Matt, and
2: you come. I, I think it's got an interesting game, just to kind of, like, especially the start of the season, I, I take Craig's point on the, the fact that the games at Parkhead always do seem pretty frantic and I always just think they do, like it's just something on that that, that edge to it. So it will be interesting just to kind of be able to sit back as someone who doesn't really obviously like have an affinity to the game and just this kind of, see because it's a game that everybody like all my mates who are like Aberdeen supporters they all watch it you know like it's not like it's any other fixture you know you you do kind of get up to try and watch it even if it's you know relevant to you and I think I think with this one it'll be it'll be very interesting to see but um in terms of the form I mean you you, you only need to look at it they're pretty much identical records you know I know Celtic have only dropped two points all season they found different ways to win you know whether it was the last game at St Johnston scoring late on or um, they are like you know putting five past Ross County. You know they're they're going to be a good. It's going to be an interesting battle this season. If Rangers were to come away with the points, like my God, like that is the biggest kind of shot and arm that they'll ever have. Uh, well, they'll have had so far. So it's coming back up the league. So um, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. But uh, I just I just hope it's a good game. We're all friends after it. <laughs> <laughs> I get,
1: just just on the point about the. Um, for me, like uh, why I think it's it's obviously such a big game. Obvi- obviously, but if we were if Rangers were to win the game, um, which I, I do think we will win, I am confident I win. Um, I just think you look at Celtic's fixtures they've got coming up um, after the Old Firm game, obviously, um, and, and if they were to. If, I suppose it can go either way. Obviously, if Celtic are to win the game on Saturday, um, then you probably find some to just go on and win. Can mm-hmm. kind of every game right up until the next whole Firm game, which I think is it'll be New Year, won't it? Um, on the other hand, obviously, yeah, they got really tough away games coming up off the back of this. So, if Rangers were to win, knocks the confidence, and do we see Celtic start to drop more points? But we need to be, we need to put the pre- we need to put that pressure on Celtic. Um, so. It's even more so a, a must-win for us in, in, in that respect, if it wasn't already. So, um, my score prediction is uh, Celtic one, Rangers three.
0: Wow! For the record, Matt, what are you? What's your prediction?
2: Um, I think Celtic will win two-one. I think. Um, oh, I. Th- I think it seems to be what you know. It almost a backs against the wall kind of for Celtic at the moment in terms of also the the kind of injuries and that. And if you look back at even like the cup final last year, it could have that kind of same vibe of, right, well, Celtic were so reliant. They were waiting on Edward to effectively come on and change the game. They got their big big player on. And then, I mean, I know he won the free kick for the goal, but then that was just like a very, that was all Rangers. That had everything Rangers going to win that game. And then I think that when Celtic, Fi- always seem to find themselves dig themselves out of trouble like it's it's because they're you know that they've obviously been there that many times and it's that's the makings of obviously a good team and champions so um, I think Celtic will win this game because of that
0: Right, we're looking forward to it anyway. Saturday, 12... Hamish, 30th. Hamish, Hamish, you need a pr-
2: prediction. What are they giving did you it? Say? 1-0? 1-0 Celtic.
0: Oh, sorry,
2: sorry, 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 I forgot. That. I was I trying to get away from it there. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, the game, 12.30 kick-off on Saturday. It will be live on Sky. Only Sky, despite Nicola Sturgeon's best efforts earlier today. Don't get me started on why the hell she decided to bring that up two days before the derby when she's known it's been in place for... Months, but anyway we'll we'll move away for politics. We'll move on to the new firm derby on Sunday. Yeah, it's yeah. almost as if they planned this old firm on Saturday sorry, it is Saturday as well. <laughs> old firm on Saturday, twelve thirty, new firm Saturday, three uh, o'clock. I can't talk about Dundee United without mentioning Mickey Mellon. I mean we we've I'm assuming I'm looking at kinda of puzzling faces now but I'm assuming you guys have seen the stuff in the group chat uh, with his um, uh, the, video. <laughs> the video that, that Tom McKinnon uh, Dundee United fan posted I think the, the message he, he posted alongside it was he looks a beaten man and um, for anyone who's not seen this I don't even know what account it was on was it like DUFC Lotto or some crap like that but, but he's basically Mickey Mellon is telling people why they should enter this lotto and it is like he's been held hostage. I have never seen a guy more <laughs> devoid of confidence, charm, charisma. He's just, he looks he looks a beaten man. He's, Thomas put it perfectly. Um, does that kind of fill you with confidence going into the game on, on Saturday, Matt?
2: Um, I'm just thinking, I'm just hoping I can just continue kind of really where we've left off. Um, you know, it's been a pretty, bar the two games the two league games. It's been a pretty perfect per- pretty perfect season so far for us, for, you know. like I just found that mentality of being able to kind of grind out results, but also now starting to properly play football. And I think, you know, when Mickey it. I think it was today in his press that he said that Aberdeen are like a yardstick of what Dunn United want to become. So I, I understand that point, but, you know, I, I still do think that there, there's some way off of that in terms of, you know... Being consistent and you know i mean they, they are I understand what you're saying, but i mean they, they are just new back up to the Premier league eh, premiership, so um it'll be an interesting it'll be an interesting match though like uh again it, you talk about ones where fans properly make a difference this game I already generally take about five and a half thousand to the standardise uh, you the fill up two stands is the shed and then the the stand the fair play stand. so that'll be quite weird for us to kind of be able to sit back and watch um and uh but it's been four years since they played each other in the league and played in the cup uh, a couple of seasons back. him um, it'll be it'll be good. It'll be a, I, I expect Aberdeen to win. Uh, we've got, we actually have a very good record at Tanner Ice, albeit you know only a handful of the players will have played at the last time they played. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll, it'll always, it's it's always a tougher game. But I think I, I think the way we're playing, will will we'll be all right. To be honest.
0: Yeah, Aberdeen, I think I'm right in saying i have got a 100% winning record on the road this season domestically. I think Sport and Lisbon, the only the only team to have to beaten Aberdeen. Obviously, the, the two games they haven't won were both at home to Rangers and Motherwell. So, positives there. What, what did you make of uh, M- Mickey Mellon, Collie, as your dad's calling him, Craig? <laughs> I had that written down. I had to hear it.
1: Oh, fair enough. Um, I, why have they bothered? Like, why not just we'll do another take of that, Mickey? Or we'll just or not or bother Mickey, using that just, we,
0: We're paying your fucking wages. Why do you not show a bit of enthusiasm?
1: He, he can, he's almost kind of like see at the start of the video. He kind of looks at the guy with the camera as if you better get that out of my fucking face. <laughs> so, uh, does it? If you're a Dundee United fan, which obviously our, our good friend Tom is, it's obviously not filled him in much confidence. Um, Aye, I, 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 I fancy Aberdeen to win it as well. It's just one of those games that uh, Derek McInnes just seems to win. Uh, especially, I, these, these sort of away games as well, grinding out results. Um, obviously, before the break, getting the, it was a last-minute goal against St. Murrn, wasn't it as well? So, I know, I'm going back a couple of weeks now, but um, as, you, as you guys have both said, apart from the two uh, home games, Aberdeen have been pretty impressive. Um and they're actually not that far. Obviously, when I mean, you look at they got two games in hand on Rangers anyway. Um, I don't think they're that far out if they were to win those two.
2: Ones at the park, Ed.
1: <laughs> All right, so as I said, so if they were to win those two, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but I, the point is obviously Aberdeen are yeah. outside of the, the, the kind of Rangers game, and obviously Motherwell was you know, just a, a very bad day at the office. They are, um, they're going well this season. I fancy them. To, I fancy them to win.
0: Right, elsewhere, uh, Premiership stuff on Saturday afternoon. What have we got? Ross County, Hibbs. Hibbs obviously had a fair few players away in international duty. Um, no, I don't think too many of them played. I think maybe Hanlon was the only one, unless I'm missing um, anyone. It'd be interesting to see if if they, um, you know, b- get a boost from having mixed with Steve Clark's wonderful side when they take on Ross County on Saturday. We've got El Plastico as well. Livingston at home to Kilmarnock. Kelly of kind of made the headlines for all the wrong reasons over the last wee while. Um, They, I think, have pretty much got a full compliment back, although I'm not totally sure about that. We should really have spoken to Kelly Cow before that. But they're away to Livingston. Two teams who... Um, we're maybe picking up a little bit Recently, Olivia got that um, result at Tannadice and, and Kelly obviously didn't play the game against Motherwell Due to the Covid stuff um, But they were picking up certainly before the break On the subject of Covid St Mirren have been hit hard again Two players tested positive today The club announced uh, a further player in self-isolation as well Jim Goodwin says that they're important players as well They just can't really get a break, Matt, can they?
2: No, it's uh, it's been tough I mean... You know, coupled with their their bad form since the first two games of the season, which I think they've won, and then they've, they've lost their last six or something. It's, I've uh, said
0: this before, but see, see, ever since I went to see them, I, I think they've lost every game. Yep.
2: there you go then. It's... Um, it, it, it it doesn't help, you know, you you definitely notice it um, when, like, you know, whether it's been cases or whether it's just injuries, you notice that the smaller squads really do struggle. I get it, because... Because you've got the luxury of having the extra subs, you see the kind of, you would say really the top five, top four clubs really, they can make a difference in games that are not going their way. Um, You know, it's a bit more very unlucky against Aberdeen not to hold on for a point, obviously, Um, but they just kind of just run out of legs there. And, you know, this week will be difficult if it, if it's key players out like Goodwin saying, then that's, you know, it, it, you almost fear that teams like that could become cut adrift if they don't have the squads, you know, capable, you know, like of, um, which is, which is a shame because really, in the balance of fair play, I feel like that's not kind of, you know, that's not, you know, it's, it's not, it's not there, you know, the kind the of fair play, but um, you just you're, a, you're loving three, the fair play part of the night. <laughs> three times I've said it in the last five minutes, um, uh, but. It's going to be hard for them. It will be hard, but they just have to kind of keep going. Teams like St Bernard, Hamilton, St Johnston, before being caught adrift.
1: I, see, Hamish, I literally yeah. wrote down like just a wee note on that game to say like they just can't catch a break at all. St Man, like it's yeah. see, one of my mates, at Big Kenny, who's a he's a diehard St Man fan. all he says to me before every season is like, I think I mentioned this put on a pod before. Like all he wants is. Uh, just they go about their business finish 8th or ninth in the league like in a St. Johnston type season where there's no talk of relegation zone or just like a nice easy season uh, for the kind of stress levels and mm-hmm. then aye it's just been hitting but for St. Has it, Martin hasn't it so obviously they, they get their two wins in the, the league cup I think they won two in the bounds Um and then they get hit by another two positive quotes. So even the slightest little bit of momentum that they could maybe hide into the league after that is kind of pretty much gone with, with some more bad news. So I they just surely the the luck is due to turn at some point later in the season. I hope for uh, for Big Kenny's health that it it does.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, if you look at the results they got over the international break, they they beat Partick Thistle four one, and the. Drew to each of Queen of the South and won in penalties, but apparently Amen. those results massed over um but <laughs> oh, some really? pretty poor performances in <laughs> the whole. Um like they were 2-0 down inside 15 minutes away at Queen of the South. And apparently Ian McCall reckons that partly Thistle should have won that game 4-1 and not lost four-one. Now I know Ian McCall can be a, a questionable character with his comments, as we've already found out this season, but um I think some worrying signs there for St. Mirren. They're not bottom of the league. The team who are currently bottom are St. Johnson. Um, some crazy things happened over the international break. We've already commented Scotland. You know, won all these games. St. Johnson scored seven goals. And, in and a match. Stevie Aye, scored was, a hat <laughs> Wow! It was Brecon City to be fair, like probably the worst team in Aye. in the whole SPFL. But they did score in them. Um, Callum Davidson was in the paper saying that he hopes they can really get a boost from it. I think Michael and missed those two games. He's going to be back now um, and they've obviously, you know, they're playing this weekend and, and got a chance to get off the, the foot of the table. Um, St Johnson, they go to Hamilton so it's a it's a forgiving fixture. Hamilton, traditionally, are so inconsistent. Like They'll go one week and lose a game and they'll get a big result. I'm tipping St. Johnson to win that game. I think they'll get a real boost. No matter who you're playing against, if you're scoring seven goals, you're surely that's going to boost the place. Um, I think they beat Celtic
1: Hearts as well, maybe 2-0, something like that. Aye, surely it's going to, as you say, seven goals against any team, no matter who it is, um, is going to give you... Uh, it's going to lift the place. Uh, and see, the, to be fair to St. Johnson... Um, well, in the Celtic game anyway, obviously Celtic two late goals. Um, but St. Johnson were good in that game. Like, I thought like they were obviously setting up again yeah. in a way that they're not really going to set up in, in many more games this season. But obviously the Conway had the chance um, and it wasn't like a, a total kind of back to the wall job. Uh, obviously Celtic uh, got the job done in the end, but... Um I so they so have got two wins under the belt, as we say, seven seven nil um is going to lift the confidence no matter who it's against. So um I, I'm with you Hamish. I think um although Hamilton could probably throw up a three nil win here just to give us the, the two fingers to this podcast as they usually do, but um <clears throat> no, I think I think St Johnson will, will go and get a win there.
0: Yeah, it could be interesting. Really interesting weekend. I think we'd all agree with that. Lower leagues ...start as well. Championship, League 1, League 2. They finally got underway. Uh, 20 game, sorry, 27 game truncated season for those three leagues this season. Um, We'll come on to them in just a wee second. I'll just point out that, you know, this podcast, I think has probably become a bit of a premiership podcast because that's basically the only league that's been going on recently and um, for that reason we're not going to do a massive preview covering every team and all the signings they've made because quite honestly we probably don't have the the knowledge and um, to make it worthwhile and um, what i will say the the talking lower league podcast um, has done a really good job of that so you can check that out we, we usually retweet it on our on our timeline, so if you scroll down there, you'll be able to find it. Um, and they cover all the lower leagues, so don't come to us for lower leagues. Go to them because they they do it better than anyone else. And um, but one thing we have done, Matt, is um, get a good pal of yours on.
2: Yeah, uh, Robert Jones plays for. Uh, no, uh, what are you want? nervous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. I didn't really know if you were team up to go into the bit there, or if it was just a. Uh, straight the, the, the listeners but, uh, don't no, get to see um, this,
0: but we, we're doing this in Zoom and yeah. Matt has going the colour of a tomato. Have you, have you got
2: a wee thing going with, with Robert? Uh, just, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, it's a good i for seen in a couple of years. I um, used to work with him in the, the, the Gre Sports days when was uh, when we were uni students, but um no uh, Robert Robert Jones a uh, striker for Dumbarton um, now he joined him um, uh, just at the end of January. So kind of played lower leagues He's only, I think he's only twenty-five anyway, and a really good, you know, I was going to say good future. As if he's twenty, but he's he a really kind of proper experience though now like at that kind of level. And then, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting speaking to him. Obviously, you'll get to hear it, like he talking up about like what his life life's been like for a for a kind of semi-professional player during COVID and the uncertainty. So, um, uh, yeah, um, I'm sure the, the guys all uh, think it's a good good lesson anyway.
0: Yeah, let's go and have a listen then. Um, you weren't there, Craig, you were otherwise occupied, but Robert Jones spoke to me and Matt and he started about telling us about his start to the life at The Rock. I, I mean, uh, obviously I signed quite late in the window um, and we'd, I'd, I'd
3: managed to play, I think it was, six or seven games and it was right through the winter period, so the the weather was absolutely terrible. And obviously if you've been up to Dumbarton, it's right on the water and absolutely freezing. So we only got... Um, maybe a, a few games and they were hard to play in enough anyway. And then obviously when COVID started kind of coming around, um, there was a few boys saying, oh, the, the season could end, but no one was really sure. So we we kind of just went on the basis. And I remember, I think we're leading up to the Falkirk game uh, around March time and we were in and people were starting to become ill. And obviously nobody really knew if it was related or it's just an illness because not many people knew about the virus at that time and then I think uh, the first premiership game might have been cancelled I can't remember which one it was and games were getting cancelled and leagues were getting cancelled around the world so we just kind of knew it was coming and I think we were in on the Thursday before the Falkirk game and I I think I said to one of the boys and just said I don't think we'll be playing and then obviously that game was cancelled and then we were just into, into lockdown a few weeks later than that so uh, it was quite quite disappointing to cut the game uh,
2: to cut the lead short especially after myself only playing six or so games Yeah and as a part-time team obviously and that that, that you know there's so much uncertainty especially just now you know it's, it's been in the news as well about obviously a lot of clubs could really go under And um, terms of Dumbarton really good historical club in that um, albeit part-time level how, how are the boys can kind of managing to kind of manage that or just as a club as a whole?
3: Yeah well um obviously just prior to the season ending, we, um, we were doing okay. We had a, I think we had a, a wee streak where we went on three wins on the bounce. Guys were doing well, and then we thought we were looking towards finishing the season quite well and looking to next season. And then with COVID coming in, there was a lot of uncertainty. And especially, I think we were one of the last clubs to start signing up boys. Um, there was a few that were after us, um, but the clubs with more money and more kind of financial support had boys signed up quite early on. And we were kind of stretching it out, and I was away on holiday when um, I'd spoke to the gaffer. So for a for a lot of boys, every year, um, regardless of COVID, it is just part and parcel of playing at this level. Is the case? It's usually one year contracts, and there is a bit of uncertainty um, come the summer. But obviously, combined with COVID, that kind of added to it. So um, we weren't we weren't really sure. And obviously, we retained quite a few players. Most of the players that we, I think we wanted to, and that were doing well for us. So um it was it was quite good but obviously um nobody really knew how the season was going to go and there was a lot of strains on the budgets of all clubs um, but especially the lower league clubs because without fans as you know it's it is a real struggle
2: yeah i i, I mean the hope is obviously that everybody can come back i mean Fortunately enough, the season is up and running in terms of the like, League Cup and all that it's been back on. Uh, you yourself, you got on the score sheet the other night against Clyde. Um, the results maybe haven't been going your way, but is it really just about kind of building the match fitness up? I haven't played in so long. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we,
3: we I think, initially planned to play five or so, maybe six pre season games, and I think we only got to play four. Um, we had cancellations just due to COVID and different people um, testing positive and different things. So we had games cancelled and it was just managing that whole schedule. So I think we were due to play maybe Queen of the South or someone like that, but the game was cancelled on the day. And then so leading into the Dunfermline game, we had maybe a week and a half before, um, since our last game. So obviously this, uh, it's just managing that. And then the game against Dunfermline, I think we did well. More um, so in the second half. We only, we only beat us 1-0 and we had a penalty disallowed for a handball and uh, we had the post as well. So it was a case we put up a good fight there. And then the Clyde game at the weekend, we were quite slow and sluggish in and, and maybe the first half. And then on the second half, we were probably the better team. So it was quite an even game and we had chances to kind of equalise there. Um, so, I mean, it's just a kind of case of adjusting to this schedule as well and trying to get the, build the match fitness up, which I think will take a bit longer, especially because of the break as well as kind of messed around schedule that we've had anyway. It's a funny
0: season, isn't it? Because you obviously only get three quarters of the games, 27 games as opposed to 36. And I think you were six last season, Um, you know, not too far away for the playoffs. But you kind of can't afford to get off to a slow start this season. You need to start really well because, you know, you're going to be halfway through the season very quickly.
3: No, definitely. I mean, the
0: first league game, obviously, this Saturday, we're waiting for, for.
3: Um, we've had a couple Bedford games which have got the sharpness up um, to some degree but it is just a case of starting well because effectively we are in the 9th, 10th game of the season mm. um, as we would be last season so it is a case of starting as well as we can and we've really not got that much room for error um, so hopefully we can kind of start getting some wins on the board and finishing as high as possible really is the plan
0: You're just kind of excited to be back playing because obviously it must have been it's something like folk don't really touch on it Obviously, because everything else that was going on for like March to well the moment, to be honest, it's all been about COVID, and there's not really much been said about the actual players like yourself that weren't able to play for months. Like, you weren't able to train for months, and you haven't been able to play league matches since like, was it February? Uh, exactly. I mean, it actually worked out okay for me because when when
3: the COVID stuff started coming around, I, I'd had an ongoing problem with my groin that I've had for years. It's the, it's the same injury that Kieran Tierney's had. Mm. um to do with the Quite serious yeah so i've had that since 2016 and it's one of these injuries where it's not a case of maybe if you hurt your knee you recover and then you can go back it's a case of it's an injury that you don't really know is there so you'll first feel it as a niggle um and then it'll start to inflame over time so you can play through it for maybe 10 to 15 games and the Mm. pain will get increasingly more but um, it's just a case eventually your body starts to kind of break down so I've gone through that cycle four or five times had numerous injections, surgery um, so when the season actually came to a halt in March I started to feel my groin in the last couple of games so I was only training once a week at that point and I'd felt I just felt a wee bit off it because it kind of takes a bit sharpness away from you mm-hmm. and then um, obviously the season stopped And I'd rested for two weeks and I felt great. So I'd started doing quite a bit of training over lockdown because that's really all you could do, apart from maybe play Xbox or something. But training was really the only time you could kind of, the only way you could fill the time. So I'd been training quite hard for a month and then my groin kind of came back again. So we, I I just decided to stop completely, use lockdown as a kind of rest period. So I'd I'd been able to rest for about a month, month and a half. and then got two more injections, one on each side. And then since then I've had no problems, which touch wood, it stays that way. Um so obviously it's, it, I think a lot of boys use the time to strengthen up and gym work and different things. And a lot of boys kind of suffered the consequences of not doing much. And I think everyone did to an extent because even our first few sessions back in our, our first pre-season game back, I felt absolutely miles off it. And it took mm-hmm. you a few games to really get to grips with it. And Obviously, um, I think teams have handled it well. You've seen some of the part-time teams that have played Premiership opposition in the Betfred Cup and they don't look out of place. And these guys have been playing for two months and we've all just came back after a three, four-month break, maybe Mm -hmm. a a six-month break or something. So, no, it um, it, it can be looked at both ways, but it is definitely tough.
0: Obviously, as I said, you finished sixth last season. Where's the kind of the bar been set for this season? Obviously, I'm not expecting you to give the secrets away of what Jim Duffy's saying, but where are you guys targeting as a playoff place? Can you challenge to win the league? Obviously, there's going to be two big teams at the top of the league who are probably going to be quite strong.
2: Um,
3: I mean, we haven't really set targets, um, really discussed it as a team. I mean, it's been a case the discussions really been centered around managing the schedule at the moment. Um, trying to play our best as we can individually and collectively. And I think um, taking each game as it comes at the moment, obviously, I personally like to be up at the top end of the table as, a, as would every other player. Um, but for the moment, I think we had one or two subs on Saturday. Might be the same this Saturday. It's just a case we're still building at the moment. Um, and that's just, we've been unlucky. Steph, Steph got injured. Um, we had a few guys out for a couple of weeks. So it's just a case of trying to Um, build that and build on top of that and try and get as good performances because I think we do have the quality to be up at the top end of the table it's just really if we can um, continue that for the season and get quite lucky with injuries and players form and things so ideally we're, we're aiming for playoffs but we'll just have to see how it goes I think.
0: So that was uh, Robert Jones there, Dumbarton man. Um, thanks very much to, to Robert for giving his, his time up and hopefully he has a really good season. Hopefully Dumbarton do as well. We've got a good manager there in Jim Duffy who's obviously had his his health scare. So, um, so hopefully they have a good season. As I say, we're not going to go in massively in depth on this. One thing I will say, championship-wise, Hearts and Dundee face off. The, the two teams are probably likely to be going for the championship title. Friday Night Live on BBC. I've written down some of the names that play for these teams. Listen to this for a kind of star-studded, you know, list of names for the second tier of Scottish football. Craig Gordon, Christoph Berra, Andy Halliday, John Suter, Craig Halkett, Stephen Naismith, Charlie Adam. Graham Dorans Osmond So And Jonathan Afalabi Like That's going to be a good title race Isn't it?
1: Oh it's an interesting one Definitely um, I think especially like, Enough's been said about Kind of Hearts last season But there's absolutely no way With the squad that they had That they should have been getting relegated um, I know obviously The season getting cut short And whatever But they deserve to go down For how bad that they were um, So I saw so Cracking game to start off with. It's it's good to have the full card of Scottish football back, isn't it? Um, yeah. So looking forward to to the yeah just the weekend and whole in terms of in a football sense, it's going to be great. Um, obviously tomorrow night, good game to start it off with. Um, the league's not going to be won obviously tomorrow night, but it will be a good chance for either team to put down a marker. So, um, I as I say, great to just have uh, all four leagues back in it. Definitely. I think,
0: um, I think it's fair to say Hearts and Dundee will be the two teams going for that title. Uh, Dunfermline and Inverness, the other teams I've heard, tipped. Um, probably one of those four, or, or those four for the for the playoffs. In terms of League One, Falkirk Thistle, probably the obvious two. Although, Matt, you did mention a team close to your heart and, and quite literally close to you that, that could have a good season.
2: Yeah, I uh, fancy Cove to do well this season again. Um, they've invested again. It was quite It was quite good to see, uh, for kind of the t- folk who wouldn't really get to see them. They were on the telly last week against Hibbs, and uh, I thought they were more than deserving of getting something out of that. I know kind of Hibbs turned it around in the end but I-, I managed to catch about 60 minutes of it and um, it showed you that they'll be a, g- a good team this year. I think Paul Hartley, well certainly the club and anyway, we are really ambitious. Uh, you see it just throughout the whole city. I mean, I, I know folk at the club and who are, you know, even things like getting the kind of sponsorships, eh, you know, it's always a big day going to the Cove games, you know, they've got a, a bit of money behind them, they've got a lot of ambition, they've got they've now got a new ground in the last few seasons, that they're really kind of, you know, there's space to redevelop there, the space to to properly give it a go, and uh, I fancy them to do well this season. Falkirk, you'll obviously, I mean, we've got connections at Falkirk, and you've always think that... They, you know, they shouldn't be a League One team. They they really shouldn't. The last couple of years have been a disaster for them. Um and Thistle as well. Um it'll be a it'll be an interesting one but I, I do fancy Cove to um I don't know what the odds are on them. I'll have a look before uh um, your third is Cove. Okay. Uh, well I mean they were I think they were yeah I think they were eight to one last year and they they were romping it, you know, really they they lost a couple of games. So maybe maybe fancy them in a wee ACA for the season. Um the uh, yeah so uh but know. I hope. I hope. I hope. I'd love to see Cove go up. I think it's something there. Uh, uh, certainly, the northeast would. Would. Uh, it's always good to see. Kind of from you know my point of view, it's good to see teams that are in closer home, kind of challenging at the top end of these these leagues.
0: So those are probably your three to watch in League One: Falkirk, Thistle, and Cove Rangers. League Two, from what I'm hearing, Queens Park. I think are the team to beat there. They've signed a lot of quality over the summer and. Um, I'm right in saying they've gone professional as well, is that a kind of development at Queen's Park? So they're surely a, a bit like Cove, going to be looking to go up the league, so yeah, loads of teams like that this season, and as you say Craig, just great that, um, you know, we're going to be able to talk about the other leagues and other teams, uh, predominantly in this podcast we will focus on the Premiership, because that's where our expertise lies, well you say expertise, Allegedly. would probably disagree <laughs> with that, but yeah <laughs> allegedly that's the word um, but as I say I'll give it another mention uh, talking lower league podcast is good for, for the lower league so give them a try right guys that's us, we've covered a lot here um, mm-hmm. and I suppose we'll be back on Sunday, we'll, I don't think you two will, I think KC's going to join me and we'll have we another that? week Big,
1: we're, we're being uh, it's it's be very back. capable substitutions but so.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we'll, we'll have loads of action to talk about, obviously. Craig, Matt, thanks very much. Thank you, listener, and we'll speak to you very soon.